From Rivers Barden Architects, this is Spork in the Road, a podcast featuring conversations with creative individuals about their path, craft, and passions. In this special compilation episode, our resident architects Joe Rivers and Kevin Barden are looking for the answer to one question. Um, the big question we always ask is, what advice do you have for other people to help them follow their passion? Do you have any uh, advice for uh, uh, listeners out there who's pursuing their passion? or What's been something that's helped you follow your passion? What advice would you give our listeners to follow their passion? Over the course of four seasons and 28 episodes, Joe and Kevin have sat down with a diverse group of people from nearly every artistic arena. Performers, artists, designers, builders, and beyond. A goal of the podcast from the outset has been to illuminate connections between architecture and other creative pursuits. To form bonds with others over process, philosophy, approach. To learn more about ourselves by getting to know each other. So we hope that if you're a creative, you find some inspiration in the advice that follows. Our first group offered guidance on finding your passion. Here's painter Heath West, swing dancer, fitness coach, and entrepreneur Michelle Haynes, and vintage motorcycle specialist and industrial designer Brendan Macaluso. Be true to yourself, I think, is a very important one. I think that's number one. It's actually really hard to do, I think. I think... uh, Everyone needs to be honest with themselves at the end of the day when you're alone. What am I doing with my life? What do I want to do? You really have to be clear-headed about what you want. Um, What do I want to do? What makes me excited? What's my passion? I think as far as finding the passion, you got to trust your gut Mm -hmm. on that one. Because your gut knows when it's right, and your gut definitely knows when it's wrong. Mm -hmm. We, We all have experienced experience that so who are you what do you want to do like what what makes you you to contribute to the world like what do you want to give to the world Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing it it makes me think of this one experience so the gym at uh, my last job they were looking for speakers Um, somebody had told them that I did dance on the side Hmm. and so they approached me about talking about dance as a form of fitness my boss sat me down afterwards and she's like I have never seen you come alive as much as you did when you were doing that speech and doing your dance. Hmm. Like any of the projects, she's like, you do great work for me, but I don't see that passion. That was like the first hint in my mind back then that, okay, something's gonna have to change. Uh, So I would think trust that gut and whatever, whatever it is that maybe you have an inkling for, get in, start kind of geeking out and learning as much as you can about that interest or that area. Our next group gave advice on the process of becoming a creative and how to practice creativity. Here's bartender and artist David Cedeno, designer, illustrator, and absurdist Josh Ryan, poet Sonny Soper, and actor, director, and content producer Troy Schultz. First is to embrace that creative mind. I mean, that you think different, then that's a great thing. And embracing that should lead you into experimenting and taking risk and having a lot of failure. I think that that is just a creative person um, approach to improving. My somewhat motto is like, do stuff, have fun, make things, make things that are 
terrible, make things that are funny, make things that aren't funny, make things that mean something to you, and it doesn't matter if they if they mean something to anybody else as long as they're meaningful to you and rewarding to you. And I think don't be afraid to share that stuff, even if you think it's only you. It's it's probably not just only you. Share. Don't be. Uh, don't find yourself lost within yourself. You have to be on the scene to be seen. No one's going to know you have art if you don't tell them about it. Um, you can draw these masterpieces, but if you never share them with anyone, no one's going to know they exist. And uh, share, share, find an open mic, find um, a, an art gallery that's having a, a showing and go. Inspiration, you know, finding inspiration wherever you can find it, I think. Um, whether that's going to a museum or gallery or going to a concert or going to a dance performance or whatever it is, find ways to immerse yourself in things that inspire you. Don't get bogged down in in your just routine, you know? Do something on a whim. Leave yourself open to that, you know? Le- yeah. You know, let yourself be taken along by something. So I'm saying embrace it, experiment, and the failures and just getting you closer to something that you want. And some of those failures, you know, will, especially if you have a community, will teach others. And hopefully their failures will teach you. There are other people who are just as scared or were at some point and said, you know what? I can write it, I can draw it, I can record it. But if I never share it with anybody, it's just going to stay here with me. And I already know what it says. So much of the time, like we were saying, it's like people get nervous to make things. Yeah. You know, and... That it, it's not about it's not about that or what how it's how it's perceived, but the act in the making is is what's important. Yeah, and it might teach you something. It's like it's not about it's not always about what it means to everybody else. It's like what it, can it reveal about you to you that you didn't quite know. Our next group offered practical advice to the budding creative professional, from being entrepreneurial to representing your work. Here's violinist Natalie Lin, art duo and owners of Honey Art Cafe, Lulu Lin, and NFL photographer Zach Tarrant. It's kind of funny that I I have people coming up to me, even like looking up to me and asking me f- for advice, where I'm like, I just, <laughs> like, I just, uh, you know, yeah. to me, that's exciting because it, it tell, it shows me that people in the music industry are starting to think entrepreneurially and that it's okay to not go for an orchestra job if that's not what you're into, you know? Um, I, I think there, because there, there's such a strong expectation if you play an orchestral instrument, that success means playing in an orchestra, um, that there isn't room to think creatively um, without feeling like you're not actually making it, Mm. if that makes sense. Right. Um, So, yeah, I would say, like, people should feel permission to explore their passions and to see if if they want to make it into their career. Um, There are so many possibilities, and I think the more that classical musicians think outside of the box, the better it is for, yeah, just like our music community in general. You don't need to have, you know, an investor 
if you want to be an entrepreneur. You definitely can just do it yourself, mm-hmm. right? Like it's not it's not something that's like absolutely necessary. And I think that a lot of the times um, what people are being taught in school is that, you know, you you form this idea and then you pitch it to an investor mm-hmm. and that's basically the only path mm-hmm. to a successful um, budding company. And we we don't subscribe to that that ideology. I think Joe and I, we did some entrepreneur classes uh, a number of years ago now, but it was all about who are you pitching your idea to? Uh, you got to get in touch with the right people. You got to have a backer. You got to have mm-hmm. um, all these kind of things. And um, in the end, it's... Uh, Which is true for specific markets and yes. specific yeah. things. But yes. that's, yeah, that's not how a lot, a lot of the people, it's not how we did it either. Yeah. Yeah, and most most small businesses don't do it that way. Right? right. So if you're willing to bootstrap your company together, I think that for the most part you can. Yeah. You know, you can find a way. Yeah. Present a nice body of work. Build mm. a nice body of work and present it in a nice way. It's it's that simple and I it always shocks me how many people take the step to reach out but they haven't already taken the step of, you know, getting something together. Have the walk to yeah. back up the talk. Yeah. yeah. Or, or at least or take that last step. Right. A lot of people st- skip that last step. Maybe they've been doing the work, but you got to you gotta make it. You, you have to just oversimplify what you present to people. Uh, only, only show your best stuff. People don't want to go through hundreds of pictures. Like just be, be as hard on yourself as you can possibly be. Mm-hmm. If that means just 20 pictures... And there's only 20 pictures that that meet sort of that five-star level. Then only put 20 pictures up. If I want to see more and you haven't showed me more, I'll ask you. I'll say, hey, can, can you show me some more? Make it easy for yes. them to want to know yes. more. Because that's the other thing, right? Like, okay, you know, you guys are architects. You know what you're looking at. But maybe you got to pass it along to somebody that's not an architect. Right. Yeah, that's one of the things we've been talking about is how do we take the architecture lens <laughs> off of our presentation material and our website. Yeah. Um, Architects are really good at making websites for other architects. Right. (laughs) Right. Because you you guys are all speaking the same. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, but our clients are not architects because then they wouldn't be right. Giving us a call. Yeah. (laughs) That's something that I've experienced a lot in my job that I definitely felt good when I figured out is how important the education part of the job is yes and people that don't like doing that or refuse to do that are in such big trouble right oh yeah you, you got to walk people through it like that's the job right you have to you have you have to be able to talk about your work in a way that makes sense our final group of responses addresses the ultimate challenge of pursuing your passion in life the act of doing First, we'll hear from actor and director Greg Dean, beekeeper and cheesemonger Nicole Burgers, and illustrator, urban designer, and educator Marcus Martinez. Uh, I would say, I would say, um, uh, I think the, the trick to doing it is to do it. You know, don't wait for other people to give you the job. Just doing it is the hardest part. Like, getting up every day, doing something different, um, 
being determined to do it uh, is a big part of it because it's really easy to procrastinate and be lazy about it. You kind of have to hustle. I mean, mm-hmm. we're in hustle town. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone here has a dream and uh, you really have to pursue it. It's finding a way to gauge um, that want to do it and transform it into a need to, to turn it into something that we do uh, on a daily practice. Uh, turns into how we see the world. Uh, but I think one of the biggest steps is guarding that inner voice, you know, as you get through that process, uh, especially through your period of, of being a rookie, you know, and, and kind of learning through it. Um, I, I think quite often you're, you're met with this voice of I'm not there yet, or I thought I'd be better by now. Uh, and the, the big part is acknowledging I'm doing it. I'm, ha- I'm making progress. Literally, the reason I started doing this is because I knew I knew that I could act but I didn't know that I could convince the people holding the jobs that I could act. Mm. So I started working with you know smaller groups that would allow me to direct a play, which I then would cast myself in. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I, I, absolutely. The the Gulf Coast Orson Welles, you know. And even the way you speak about your your work uh, needs to be affirmative. I think you'll find that's that's kind of. Uh, a big part of that transformation is 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 guarding that that kind of inner speech is is probably the biggest deal. Uh, it's good to be critical, uh, but you have to be your own advocate. You have to be your own fuel uh, as you move forward. Credentials and things like that uh, are going to be needed at some point, but yeah, the 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 thing to do is to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Start, you know, get started now. Don't wait for someone to hand you a key, mm-hmm. because um, I, you know, I think I think more often than not that doesn't happen. Your life will just go by, and you know, you've been stuck in this job, getting a paycheck and driving your BMW. But what have you really done? Mm-hmm. No offense to BMW <laughs> drivers. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> it could be any kind of car. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in Houston. <laughs> Might probably a BMW. Yeah. <laughs> and now joining this line of thought is multidisciplinary artist, dyer, and jeweler Carrie Bradigham, furniture designer Mike Garman, and architect Joe Rivers. I don't know if this sounds cynical, but <laughs> the one thing that I always hope students understand is that um, that, that this is hard work that they need to put in a lot of hard work. And if you put in hard work, I do believe that that it pays off, but um, I feel like a lot of the students think that if you have the talent or the skill, that's that's enough, and it's absolutely, absolutely not. Um, I just want them all to understand how hard you have to work to make Mm -hmm. something happen. Um, And it doesn't stop at school. And no, and it doesn't stop at school. You know, I don't make a ton of money. Uh, at least yet Um, and it's been financially you know it's a struggle um, with things Um, but I like what I do and I wouldn't want to do anything else and so I find a way to make it all work Um, I I just think that like you should continue to do the things that you like to do and work on your craft work on your designs work on your things that you do but if it's something you're passionate about keep doing it yeah, it'll be hard, but it'll be worth it. Mm-hmm. And if it's not worth it, then, you know, 
you haven't found that thing yet. Mm -hmm. You know, you pick the wrong one if it's not worth it. I have to be designing things or I'm not me. So right. I, it's not something I can turn off. Even if I won the lottery and had a hundred million dollars or whatever it is, I'd still be in my shop making things because it's just what I like to do. I knew in fourth grade, as soon as I heard the word architect, that I wanted to be an architect. And it took me a long time to become a registered architect and it did not, my road and path did not go at all what I had planned. But I would say that I was fortunate enough to know early on what my passion was and to be excited about it. Didn't take me anywhere near the path I expected. And to a certain extent, I've kind of given up on expectations in paths. And that's not saying I'm just kind of going with the flow. I mean, I'm constantly paddling and I'm constantly forward stroke, forward stroke and working. But just keep moving in a direction, I guess, really. Just keep going. You know? Keep on keeping on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, we think it's about building skill that gets us there. Um, but ultimately, it's about uh, building creative confidence to move forward. And that's what gets us through every problem. That's what advances our skill. That's what gets us, you know, through a tough time or learn a new software or whatever that is. Uh, it's, it's building creative confidence. You know, when the world presents an opportunity, you got you to step up and do that forward stroke into it. Um, as well as sometimes it's not the opportunity you wanted or th that you thought you wanted, you know, but it puts you in places you never thought you would be. And without that, um, I would not have the adventures. I would not have my own history and experiences and my authenticity of who I am and my own beliefs. So sometimes it's just, it, yeah, it's going to be a big rock and it's going to hurt, but man, it's going to put me in a, a new place and new adventures and I'm going to learn a lot. Thank you for listening to this special Spork in the Road compilation episode. We hope you found the same inspiration in the advice of all these talented creatives as we did. This episode was written, narrated, produced, edited, and music by Scott Barden. For more information on Rivers Barden Architects, and to listen to every episode of Spork in the Road podcast, visit riversbarden.com.